Hello everyone and welcome back to the Boys Locker Room. I am your host Roy Cruz. And I'm your second host, Adham Ibrahim. And I am your third host, Jean-Luc Nabash. And thank you for joining us today. Um, so, how you guys been? How's everyone been doing? Uh, well, I mean, with quarantine, you know, I'm just chilling at home, doing school. You know, not much is going on right now. Yeah, absolutely. I feel you, I feel that. But yeah, no, uh, last week, around last week, I, I had this uh, organic chemistry med term. I think you had it too, Roy. Yeah. Yeah. But um, basically, going into it, I honestly, I honestly generally thought I wasn't going to pass it. And it kind of triggered something inside of me, almost like, I'd say like a fear of failure. And it kind of just spiraled out of control. I was like overthinking it. I was like thinking, what if I fail? Like, what if I fail this course? What if I fail this class? And it kind of just realized how big uh, my fear of like failing was. But... um. I don't know. What about you guys? Can any of you like relate to that or any other fears or what? I mean, I can definitely relate to that fear of failure. I mean, just throughout mm-hmm. my life, playing sports with school, all that sort of thing, the pressure I've had just to like, you know, succeed and, uh-huh. you know, not make mistakes. I feel that. Like I said, whether yeah. that be like, you know, missing a pass in rugby or hockey or, you know, not doing as mm-hmm. not not doing badly on the test. Like I can completely relate to that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, from the standpoint, like, you know, like, I come from immigrant parents, right? And we immigrated here to Canada, like, I fear like, every day that I am here, I have to make sure that I am doing everything to make their sacrifices, like, you know, worthy, because, you know, they sacrifice a lot coming here. And yeah, I feel that you know, I feel like that's something that definitely puts a lot of pressure on my back and definitely something that I fear a lot that I'm going to disappoint them. And that their efforts are kind of just going to be in vain. But, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of try to push, like, through it and, you know, make sure that it doesn't get the best for me, like, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, like, I can't even imagine how much pressure you're going through. Like, I can't even relate to that sort of experience. I mean, like, you know? I guess, like, it depends, like, because, yeah. I mean, we think about it, like, fears are really, like, personal. So, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. one thing that might scare you or not necessarily scare you, but something that you might fear, it might not, like be something of concern for somebody else right mm-hmm. so i feel like it really depends on the individual and kind of like your own personal experiences because yeah. you know it's not it's not for me to say that you know my fears or my pressures are more than yours or you know yeah. because mm-hmm. at the end of the day like everyone has their own fears and i feel like it's very like a personal thing to yourself so and like with fears like being personal like they kind of like adapt and change over time with, with experience like the more you live the more experience like the more your fears are going to change and like alternate like hmm. Yeah, that's true. I guess you kind of go like the road on your own and you kind of just as you go, you start figuring things out and, you know, something that you never thought might scare you, all of a sudden it becomes like, oh, wow, like, I can't, I can't believe like this is, this is happening. Like, I don't want that to happen ever again or, you know, something that you don't think might have had an impact on you. And then all of a sudden it has like the biggest impact in your life and they're like, oh my God, like, that's, that, that like takes you like in a blind side. And then every every similar experience beyond that point kind of elicits that sort of reaction. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you want to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Sometimes you don't even realize that like, you have a fear to like you experience it. Like you go through something that kind of elicits it in, in like inside of you. For example, like with failure, like uh, you necessarily wouldn't know that you had a fear of failure till you failed that first midterm. Because I've had my experience with failing one. And ever since, I was like, I was traumatized. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, it just took huge toll on me. So it's definitely something that I think when it happens, you don't think about it consciously, but like in the back of your head, almost like as a 
you like your brain's own way of protecting you is eliciting that fear and it's something that's always like just in there like in your subconscious like it's like sitting around in the back so kind of like a subliminal like thing that's always affecting you yeah and something that you never really put a lot of thought into and then all of a sudden you realize that it has like the biggest impact in your life type of thing exactly exactly bro yeah i could yeah i could say that like there's definitely for sure some things that when i came to university like i figured out that had a lot of like impact in my decisions that i make as you know as an ad like as an adult mm-hmm. um because you know when you when you move to university like you move on your own you're living on your own like you don't have the same support system that you had at home yeah so i feel like a lot of the times so that's what ends up happening with people like when they start like being in an environment where they have to like support themselves and kind of just be able to maintain themselves like mentally you know physically and all that i feel like this when like most of your fears really come out because you never really got the chance to experience what it was like being on your own, right? Like more so, yeah, responsibility. Like not having that crutch with your parents, like the con- consistent support that they give you, mm-hmm. like losing that immediately, that that's that's something you really need to get used to, something that kind of hits you out of nowhere and you need to kind of learn how to deal with that. And it's it can be difficult in a lot of cases depending on, Absolutely. you know, what scenario you're in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, and I feel like, I feel like that's kind of just one of those things where um, it really comes down to the individual because it, when, when we when you think about it, how many of us are we willing to like are willing to accept that you know we can't make it out on our own? I, mm-hmm. Like I feel like that's a personal like fear for myself at least. Um, that was one of my biggest worries, right? Like once I move out, like can I really prove to my parents or can I really prove to myself that I can make it out there on my own, right? Um, yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're gonna have to sustain yourself at one point or another, right? And I feel like. I feel like that's something that everyone kind of just wants to achieve on their own, making sure that, you know, they're self-sustaining, that they're able to, like, move on with their life as they wish. And And there's so much that comes along with that. There's getting a job, there's being able to, well, I mean, let alone succeeding in university, then finding a job, then getting a job that's well-paying enough for you to be able to support yourself and whoever else you're with. Um, Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, being able to, you know, perform all the duties you, you know, you need to do, whether it be taxes, taking care of yourself, your family, all of that. all of those kind of uh, responsibilities fall onto you now, and and yeah. basically like uh, like I personally have like this huge fear of like not being able to provide and like kind of like what you're just talking about, but it's just like yeah this major stress on me that what if one day uh, I'm not you know able to give my family the life that I feel that they deserve and like my kids especially and. Honestly, I feel like a big like reason behind that fear mm-hmm. might be able to provide is like all the societal stress on like oh the man in the family the man in the family has to be the provider, um, like, and I feel like something that maybe a lot of men have to deal with uh, because it's just, like it's such a societal construct that you know like you're the man you have to be like the money maker in the family like you have to be the one that provides for everyone, um, like I don't know like, do you guys agree with that at all or what do you think? Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, for sure. I I know I, I would I would completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Like that's especially something that I mentioned on an interview that I had with the silhouette. Oh. Um, you know, yeah. I feel like oftentimes that like men are placed into a position where they have to fit a specific mold that kind of like society makes them fit, even necessarily they don't fit that mold. Yeah. Right. And so I feel like oftentimes that causes like a lot of like stress and pressure on like, you know, men in general because 
you know, they're kind of expected to be the providers. They're expected to, you know, be able to be the sole backbone of a family, right? And I feel like that's, that comes from the very traditional, like, you know, like yeah. standpoint. I feel like that comes from, like, the nuclear family, like, you know, back in the days where, you know, you had the dad that provided, like, the money. And, yeah, exactly. You know, that wife stay at home. And, the classic. Um, I feel like a lot of, the, like, you know, like, problems stem from that, you know, like, nowadays. Because I feel like some people don't necessarily fit that, like, they fit that mold. And it's not, it's nothing bad. Like, I feel like everyone has their own mold to fit. And, you know, it's just one of those things where they have to find it and they have to be, you know, willing to see where they fit in and what's their role and how they wish to like play that role right and i don't know i feel like it's really something that you got to figure out on your own but society doesn't really allow for that because you're i mean trying to push you yeah i mean it really comes down to like as simple as like if your career Mm -hmm. isn't good enough it doesn't make enough money like that isn't maybe the career for you right like let's say you want to go into a low-paying job and um, let's say maybe your wife makes more, society will more often than not look down on you for that, right? And it's, you know, not something that should be the case at all, but, you know, that is the case. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a difficult reality. Yeah, I know. Like, this reminds me of a tweet I saw earlier today, or like a few days ago, I mean, and it said, it was talking about how, like, men are so insecure to be with someone that makes more money than them. Mm -hmm. And, like... I think I want to think about of how like okay men are insecure but why are they insecure and it's because in like in society it's always looked upon like oh you have to make it they know they're being judged and like exactly. for yeah. me personally I, and I don't know like, like for me personally I don't care if the person I'm with makes more money yeah me neither yeah but like a lot of, and that's because I don't like I don't care if people think about me I don't care about being judged but a lot of people do care about being judged and like that's yeah. gonna affect them and like kind of steer mm-hmm. them away from maybe doing something they want to do or something that would make more money that way the society isn't judging them. Well, it comes down to like from the like the aspect of things like because for example, you don't want people to um, necessarily judge you, right? And yeah. so like you don't want to feel that pressure, like that external pressure that kind of like fits into like your own personal life because that's gonna affect like you know your life at home at the end of the day, right? Um, but I feel like it also comes down to your individual self because you know I don't know about you guys, but for me like I kind of worry more about like the things that I do with my life because at the end of the day it's my life, right? But mm-hmm. you know it's not it's really it really is easier to say that than to actually do it because, you know, do you want to chase your passions or, you know, and like maybe potentially not make as much money as like, you know, a job that you could potentially get and like, you don't necessarily enjoy, or do you want to do something that you enjoy? And, you know, like you don't feel like you're stuck in a constant cycle that you're not happy and you're really enjoying your life. But how many people are willing to like sacrifice, you know, that like leisure of like, you know, like not having to worry about what other people think and yeah. just be able to enjoy yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like not a lot of people are willing to take that sacrifice. Yeah, and I feel yeah, like, like it's not really a, unfortunate. Like, like what you said, like not a lot of people are like are willing to give up that society, well, like the, the opinion that society or their peers are going to have of them if, you know, their significant other does make more money than them. And that's that's something that, you know, a lot of men have a lot of difficulty dealing with that reality um and i mean really it it, i i would say it kind of starts off with you know not really talking about it like openly Mm -hmm. you know yeah i feel like i don't know about you guys but i'm more scared to fall into a cycle that i'm not happy or be doing something that i don't like later on in life 
and living like a life that I'm not necessarily happy to live with <clears throat> than having to worry about those things. But that's just, yeah. like, I like, I know it's just, it's, it sounds really like, you know, inconsiderate because it's really easier to say that than to actually do it. <clears throat> um, and it, it all comes down from like the people that are like around you, if get, like I feel too, because, you know, one of the things that always like stuck by me um, when someone told me is that, you know, money's gonna come. If you do something that you enjoy and you're good at it, like money will come. So as long as you do something that you enjoy, right? Like money will come. And I feel like part of the reason why I believed it was because that person was very successful, right? So mm -hmm. it's it, it sounds, again, like it sounds easier, you know, than it actually is, right? But like, are you willing to kind of like stick to that like word and kind of say, you know what? Like, are you it willing might to be take true. that gamble? Yeah, exactly. Are you willing to take that gamble? And I don't know, like, I feel like a lot of people aren't willing to take that gamble. Because, like, I yeah. feel like definitely part of that is our fears, it kind of affect who we are as people, like, how we act, how we interact, like, with the world that's around us. Uh, like, for example, for me, like, one of my biggest fears is of being alone. Yeah. And I'm not talking about, like, being alone in a room on my own. I mean, like, uh, like in the future, like, when I'm, like, 30, 40, I'm, I'm terrified that one day I might not have have no friends, no significant other, no one that cares about me. And basically, uh, it kind of affects how I like operate in my day-to-day -day life. But like, I always make sure that the people that I really care about, I keep them close to me, I treat them really yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like, like, I have to make sure that no matter what, I'm doing what I can to kind of satisfy them because you kind of keep that fear of being, because that fear of being alone is always there and I kind of just need to suppress it. <clears throat> But, like, other than that, like, it can be applied to so many different things. Uh, but, because at the end of the day, fears are, like, like I said before, they're kind of your body's mm -hmm. own way of, like, protecting yourself. So, it's in the back of your mind always. It's always going to be affecting what you do, how you do, how you interact. Because you're kind of trying to avoid it, trying to, like, basically, it kind of shapes you in a way. I mean, beyond personal experience, I think that it's it's really down to not having a consistent line of dialogue for a lot of these fears. Yeah. yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of times men are expected to kind of shut down their emotions, kind of just like, you know, mm -hmm. zone out, ignore their emotions and kind of become fixers in either other people's lives or kind of just like, you know, fix their own lives real quick and then, you know, move on. Yeah. Um, and the problem with that is that if there's no line of dialogue, there's, you know, a lot less fixing to be done. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. because men are not expected to talk about their problems, because men are not expected to, um, like, do that, do be emotional, be vulnerable, um, a lot of those problems go unfixed, and they kind of just remain the way they are. And um, until a line of dialogue like that opens up. Mm -hmm. Well, think about it this way. How, yeah. When have you ever heard your dad, like, talk about his fears? Never. Right? I I've never heard my dad talk about um, it's if like, if very very uncommon yeah. if ever never right um, yeah. so I feel like that's what I'm saying like because you know when you think about it okay like I'm 20 20 almost 21 years old now like yeah and I've never heard my dad talk about his fears right so all along like you know I've lived my entire life thinking that okay like you know it's mm -hmm. okay for me to kind of just like put my fears out there and kind of have a conversation about them with someone, right? Um, mm -hmm. And the thing is, it's not even, like, their fault. It's, again, it's a generational thing. Exactly. It, it, it goes back and back and back. Absolutely. Like, 
fortunately now there's you know some movement towards progress with opening dialogue but like you know our parents or our dads don't talk about their fears as much as they would because of their parents and Mm -hmm. their parents don't talk about their fears which made them not talk about their fears because of their parents so it's just it's this cyclical thing that we just we honestly just need to get to the bottom of and break i mean and how do you go about breaking it um well i mean i think that us right now talking about it i think that's one way of doing it absolutely because like yeah like the whole idea of like the club and like everything even like going past fears just a lot of this stuff with like men's health and like uh like fears and like men being open it's it's very taboo like it's something that's kind of very like no one talks about no one likes to talk about Mm -hmm. it everyone tries tries to avoid a topic but like the more like what we're doing right now with talking about it what we're doing with the club and like talking about topics like these i said talking a lot but uh basically it, it makes it feel less taboo and like uh like if someone was like who needs like to go out and like talk to someone about something but they don't want to because they feel uncomfortable about it because uh you know like it's not something people usually talk about like when they see other people talking about it mm-hmm. like we are right now it kind of makes them feel more comfortable like to go out there and be open it normalizes exactly yeah it makes it seem it makes it seem normal that you know men are talking about their problems Absolutely. and men are being vulnerable and expressing their 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 feelings and then that mm-hmm. you know that'll influence younger generations our generation future generations maybe even the older generation they see like hey like i've been dealing with a lot of stuff for a while my entire life maybe this person is 60 and then it's like wow this is something i've really needed to talk about and then now they see that it's normalized and it's like yeah i this this line of dialogue is now available there's mm-hmm. less social taboo against you know opening up about my feelings and my fears and they can talk about whether it's you know a fear of attachment or a fear of mm-hmm. failure or a fear of regret whatever that is they can they they whatever the generation whatever the age they they can see that it's now normal they can see that it's now accepted and they can they can follow along with that exactly. and that's you know yeah. it's like a snowball that's that's how you fix the problem and i feel like that's like it, it what, what it does is it does a really good job at inspiring others to do the same yeah um because at the end of the day like if you talk about it if you have people like you know discussing all of these problems and you know showing people that it really is a normal thing right um it you, what you want to do is you want to be able to inspire other people to kind of do the same like you know try to like talk about their problems and you know motivate them to really push themselves to you know, go outside their comfort zone of something that, you know, what's believed to be like really taboo, right? And, you know, once they realize how, how good and how, you know, liberating it feels to really talk about all these problems that you kind of like, you know, like keep inside you, um, you know, it really motivates those individuals to kind of encourage others to, you know, potentially do the same thing, Yeah. right? And yeah. I feel like that's kind of like the chain reaction that you kind of want to start, right? When you reach out to your friends, like, hey, like, you know, how you been, like, um, you know, what's been bothering you or how you, what are you been doing? Like, you know, starting those conversations, I feel like that should yeah. be more normalized you. Cause like, even, even like, even when you think about it, like how many times do you bring up like maybe like a topic that's not necessarily like, like it's a mood killer, right? Yeah. Amongst your friends, right? Like they'll be like, Oh, why are you talking about that? Like, you know, like, yeah, like trying to have don't fun. talk about that. That's like, you know, like we're, we're chilling. We're, you know, having a good time. Don't talk exactly. about that. It's weird. I mean, like, yeah. to be honest, that's what I love about you guys so much is that I can just, come to you and be open <laughs> and like i know it's a judgment-free zone but the thing is uh, i mm-hmm. know exactly how much it's helped me yeah. and i i know i know how helpful it can be to have someone you can go to like that yeah but i feel the thing is what kind of upsets me almost um 
is that sometimes people are like too scared or like they just refuse to go talk about other people about it mm-hmm. and it's almost because like there's i don't know it's like there's closed like that's because people try to be fearless in a way yeah um yeah i feel like people try to portray like a certain thing that like oh they're not scared about like for of anything like they're not necessarily you know a person to budge from pressure or you know something or someone who like worries a lot about other things because they have everything in their in their power to, to be successful or whatever mm-hmm. and they try to like really portray that and i feel like that's kind of like their way to like deal with their fears because you know if you can't see it you don't you can't like it doesn't it can't hurt you right or yeah, yeah. if you don't believe it it doesn't affect you but in reality like you know it doesn't mean that you just like you don't believe it it's not going to affect you because it can subconsciously start chipping away at you and you know before you know it you're at a breaking point that you know when something bad happens it unfortunately ends up being a lot worse than had that person, you know, like really taken that serious, right? So see, I personally, I I don't think being fearless is a good thing. Um, like I said before, fears are like your brain's own way of protecting yourself. It's it's part it's a part of evolution basically. But you know, depending on how well, it depends on the fear. It depends on how you use it, and like if you can like twist it almost to help you, like. Sometimes you can use that fear as a motivator. Absolutely. That's true. That's true. So, for example, for me, with the fear of failure, I kind of use that as, like, a motivator to always try to achieve the most. I, like, the, do the best I can do. Like, going into a midterm, I know how much is going to hurt. I know how much how scared I am of failing that midterm. I know that I really don't want to fail this midterm. So, I, mm. uh, I study hard. I study harder, and I study as hard as I can. And, like, this can be applied in a lot of places. And, like, this kind of goes back to the idea, whole idea of, like, fears kind of shape who you are and, like, affect you as a person, like, how you interact with things. But I definitely don't think being fearless is is a good thing. If anything, I feel like it's more of a negative. I personally think fears, like, play a very important, like, part of, like, who we are as people. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things that, like, it's kind of just, like, you know, your weaknesses are what are going to make you stronger. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. If you think about it, like, you know, like, fears are weaknesses, right? And so... No way, like in yeah. a way, if we're able to, you know, continue to fight against those like weaknesses, right? Like that's only going to make you stronger because eventually it's going to be something that it's no longer going to be a fear or it's not going to be like something that's going to hurt you because you kind of become like numb to it, but not really become numb to it. You become used to it and you become comfortable with it. And I feel like that's what it's really important is to be able to acknowledge the fact that you have fears and it's so it's something that you have to become like comfortable with because yeah. it's okay to have fears you know mm-hmm. it's totally normal to absolutely feel is. like you know certain pressures affect you and it's one of the and that's why it's like you know like once you're comfortable you're able to take those initiatives towards opening up and you know really being comfortable with you know talking about those weaknesses and not really trying to portray that fearlessness that you don't have or that like you know like someone who's not scared of anything because that's not what you, that's the, what the goal should be yeah like with uh, Adam's example of um, fear of failure, fear of, well, let, let's just bring it down to school. Mm-hmm. Um, like without that fear of school, like you'd have less motivation exactly. or p- some people yeah. would have less motivation to study. They'd have less uh, motivation to like, they wouldn't have that fear of failing. So they do their best not to fail, which in turn allows them to succeed. Um, in a way, I, 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 Personally, I, I don't think striving to be fearless is a bad thing either okay. because um, you're always going to have fears. Hmm. You will. It, it's again, like we said, it's part of being human. You, you can't get rid of those fears. Mm-hmm. Um, but striving to be fearless 
um, at least in some scenarios, it, it's it's very helpful finding that motivation from something else instead of you know having it stem from fear. It can also be really uh, like helpful too, like with um like a fear of regret. Uh, if you you know live with a fear of regret, um, you may miss out on a lot of opportunities. Uh, if you meet someone special and you have um, this fear of regret, you may not want to you know pursue a relationship mm-hmm. whether that be friends or like a, a romantic relationship because you have a fear of regretting it down the road and it's ironic though yeah and that could yeah. completely that that relationship could completely change you but because you are afraid of regretting a decision that you make especially such a significant decision yeah. you may miss out on something really uh really important really special yeah. in your life that could you know make it make make your life you know that much better yeah and i said it was ironic because like oftentimes you know that individual ends up regretting it even more later on exactly oh like i wish i had done that and it's just kind of like well you had the opportunity but you were more scared to like of the outcome than like Mm -hmm. actually taking the initiative and i feel like that's often what ends up happening like um you know being being afraid to take action like on something you know i feel like that's something that most individuals don't realize right like oftentimes like we limit ourselves to you know being scared to take the initiative on something or taking the chance at something because you know we don't want to like be seen as failures or we don't want to be you know like having to waste our time between brackets and i say between brackets because you know you don't really waste your time like at the end of the day there's always something to be learned with every you know opportunity every you know action you take and so even if you if you didn't get the outcome that you wanted, right? Like, you know, like just overcoming that fear and being able to experience that, you know, like scenario, yeah. there's always something that you can take out of that. And I think yeah, it's like also, that's it's something a learning people experience. Don't realize. Yeah. Exactly. Also, yeah. yeah. Kind of talking about like being, like not knowing the outcome that's come, uh, is that reminded me of like this fear that I have? Like, so can I like, can I get into it or? Yeah, go for it. All right. Yeah, go for it. Go for so it. basically I have this fear of like, bas- how do I explain this? uh where something where i don't know like where i don't know the outcome of a situation what it will be i like i don't feel like, like the fear of the unknown like not really it's like there being an outcome but me not having a say in what the outcome is but like it affecting me uh like not having control maybe yeah not exactly exactly yeah. but basically and it, it always messed me it always overthinking i'm like oh my god like what's gonna happen and i would spend so much energy on that till and then I had someone tell me this quote, and I will never forget it. I love this quote. Um, they said, you're better off using that energy, saving that energy and using it to deal with whatever life throws at you rather than wasted overthinking what's going to get thrown at you. Uh, and I kind of took that quote to heart mm-hmm. and basically just thought about it a lot. And over time, mm-hmm. it kind of just... Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it kind of just like went away that fear went away with time and then i have another fear and like this is kind of like a fear of how do i put this like not being good enough not living up to expectations it's something that kind of like terrifies me on the inside but over time like i've started coping with it i've started talking with people about it and i've kind of started realizing that like all you can do is the best you can do and if that's not good enough for Mm -hmm. someone that's really all you can do about it and so that's one of the fears that like i'm personally starting to get over a bit mm-hmm. yeah so like 
I agree. I mean, yeah. So I'm starting to get over that. So that's really good. But yeah, what about you guys? What do you think? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say comments as much as like, you know, kind of like my own personal side of things. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not necessarily like scared of, uh, you know, things as much as I am scared of like missing out on my wants or my desires, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm mostly driven by, you know, the things that I want to accomplish in this life that I'm living, right? Yeah, so, goal-oriented. Um, and so, like, I feel like oftentimes, like, you know, I feel like that's something that people can kind of, like, learn to, like, do. Um, because once you start focusing on the things that you want to do, yeah, right, and kind of, like, where you kind of, like, would like to, like, be or kind of, like, what you would want to accomplish, right? And I feel like that, like, requires, like, to really look within yourself and kind of, like, know, get to know yourself and really know, like, the type of person that you are. And that kind of goes back, like, you know, to, like, defeating those societal pressures, right? And so I feel like that's when you're going to be able to, like, really face your fears forward like and like take them on because once you start focusing on what's at, like the on the other side you know like that that just becomes a barrier at the end of the day and it's one where you're like you know like if that if that goal is much bigger than what's in front of you and like you can see it over the border you say like, like this is nothing like it's better for me to kind of just go straight at it and you know like because i know that the outcome is going to be so much better right and so yeah that's that's kind of like my side of things because i i live with that constant fear of not being able to reach the other side of the barrier and mm. you know me not taking that initiative and I, and I know it always comes down to like like you know myself and, and really like what I decide to do with my actions right and so like every action I take everything that I do right like it's gonna like allow me to overcome that barrier which is that fear to like you know like not be able to like go to the other side where I want to be right and so that's kind of like my, my like my change in mindset that I had though because I, I didn't always think like that and like, you know, like I would, I'd say that I related a lot to like to what you said, Adam, because um, I used to really focus on like, you know, those fears. And I really used to like say like, oh, like, you know, I'm scared that I won't be able to like, you know, like overcome this or I won't, I'm scared that I like, this is my like, like, you know, bring me down or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, it was one of those like things that I, I kind of just had to like look within myself and really say like, oh, like, you know, what type of person do I want to be? Or like, why do I want to be like, what I want to do in my life? And it was at that point that I realized like, you know, like, uh, it helped me really overcome those societal, like, like you know, like expectations as well. Yeah. Because yeah. I no longer had to worry about that because I was doing it for myself. And I'm kind of mm-hmm. just, every, like, everything, most of the things that I do, it's like, it's for my own self and my own happiness, right? Exactly. And I feel like that's what most people should really strive to. And, you know, when you think about it, when you hear it, yeah, it sounds selfish, right? But, yeah, but it's not necessarily selfish because I yourself. feel like if you're happy with yourself, right, that only allows you to bring, like, happiness to the people around you, right? Because, exactly. Yeah. Someone who's positive cannot bring negativity to someone, right? And so if that person's, like, happy and content with themselves and, like, you know, always showing that, you know, pleasure of just living, right? I feel like that really, like, sticks to the people around them and they really enjoy that and that kind of motivates them too, right? So, I mean, once you're happy with yourself, really, like, from there, it's your choice to make other people happy or not, right? Mm -hmm. And it only becomes easier too. If you're happy with your life, it's easier to kind of take that inner happiness and kind of project it onto others mm-hmm. and then like you know with your own personal experiences you can help people through that yeah exactly yeah i mean I for like me that's... personally yeah no, go for it yeah. go for it okay thank you um so for me personally uh we were all talking about our own fears um i would say this is definitely something that i haven't gotten over but i would say i'm definitely i've been i've been making improvements over the last couple of years um, would be a fear of letting other people down. Mm-hmm. 
um, it would be like letting my parents down, yeah. letting teachers down, friends down, significant others down, mm -hmm. um, coaches down, um, especially coaches, because I think that that fear kind of started in playing sports when I was younger. Yeah. Um, you know, where the only thing that mattered was, you know, making sure that your coach is happy so that you could improve, whether that be go to the next level, play on the first line, make the fans happy, exactly. get more mm -hmm. playing time. Yep. Um, and then that kind of becomes like, you know, the center of your life. And I, I, I do believe that's where that whole fear stems from because athletics, at least in my life and a lot of, you know, younger, younger boys lives, it's a huge influence on you. Yeah. Um, and that kind of, you know, unfortunately festers into other parts of your life like school and just the way you you hold yourself and you act in in public and around others you're i'm afraid of you know uh letting others down by you know doing poorly in school and then you know not getting to where i want to be or you know making a mistake with my friends or you know doing something that they may not agree with or having you know like saying something that you know mm -hmm. may uh, like elicit a reaction or kind of like an idea of myself that they may not like. Yeah. Um, and um, I have gotten better at kind of uh, taming those thoughts. And that's definitely mm -hmm. been through dialogue with my parents. Uh, mm -hmm. I can say over the last couple of years, especially since I've come to university, um, I feel like I've been more um, open and honest with my parents and fortunately for me, uh, my parents were very kind of accepting, understanding, and they um, kind of reassured me, think, uh, reassured me about things that I didn't, um, I, I wasn't aware of or I wasn't made clear, which was, mm -hmm. which was really great. And um, I know that a lot of people deal with that, especially people who've been through similar experiences such as myself. But... Yeah, that's really good, man. Good for you. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I completely agree with that, too, because I feel like when you really open that relationship with your parents, right, mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, you're willing to listen to them and kind of like see from their perspective and kind of like they also decide to open up with you and like see from your perspective. And you guys have like like that communication, like you really learn a lot about it, like one another, because even, for example, like until recently, like. I've learned about like a lot of mistakes that my parents have made because they've opened up about those mm -hmm. mistakes, you know, like, and so like uh, going back to like the whole, like, you know, like living your life with like your parents not telling you a lot of things like their fears, for example, um, yeah. you know, you go your entire life without like knowing about their mistakes. Right. And so, um, you know, once you're able to like open that relationship with them, like it makes you feel more human because, um, or, or makes them feel more human because, you know, they open up about their fears. They open up about like, you know, things that they've done in the past that kind of like hindered their ability to maybe be at a certain point in their life right now or you know do certain things and I feel like there's a lot to learn from that too because you know from their mistakes or from their things like you know you really learn a lot and you kind of like see what you don't want to do and yeah. that was something that I had a problem with before too because um I didn't want to listen to their advice. I didn't want to listen to their opinions <laughs> and what they had right? and I feel like that's most people right like if you, you see like oh like you know, they, they really tell you, like, learn from our mistakes, you know, like, and people are like, oh, no, like, I'm living my own life, like, you know, mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily, like, saying, like, oh, like, do exactly what they're telling you, but it's just kind of, like, take that advice with you and, like, really try to, you know, consider and say, you know what, like, if I do this, like, how can that impact me? Or, 
you know, if I do decide to go with this, you know, how could I potentially like avoid falling in this situation? And I feel like that's what most people fail to understand. Um, and that comes from like, again, like the frustration and kind of like, you know, maturing with yourself because, you know, if you're willing to really see from other people's perspective, right? Like you'll come to realize just how similar you are with like to somebody that you thought you didn't have any similarities with. Because at the end of the day, like we're all humans, right? And we're all really <clears throat> very similar in certain ways or another. So, and I mean, having that open dialogue with anyone, like whether that be your parents or your friends, mm-hmm. it kind of gives you like a new perspective on what's going on. Like, yeah. I can tell you for sure that before I started having a more, I guess, mature and open dialogue with my parents, um, everything was very like rigid in my mind. All my like thoughts about them, all my thoughts about like, you know, how I should live my life. Um, because I kind of had those ideals kind of, you know, stuck in me over the years mm-hmm. without any real explanation to them. Right. Mm-hmm. But then when you have that open dialogue, you kind of, those explanations become more clear. And then you realize that, you know, things may not be as they seem and they may actually be better off because you've mm-hmm. been so close minded about those things for so long that you kind of get a new perspective. And then like, furthermore, like having that open dialogue with, you know, someone else, uh, it gives you new outlooks, it gives you new ideas, it gives you a, a new way at looking at things, whether that be a good or a bad way. Um, mm-hmm. they, they could propose a, you know, maybe a better uh, idea at facing a problem or yeah. maybe a different outlook at, you know, something you've been having, you've been struggling with for some time. I mean, hey, mm-hmm. I kind of want to look at it from like another point of view. Uh, what like what would you guys kind of do if you were the friend that someone like someone came to you and like asked you for advice with their fears? Because like we right now we're thinking about it like oh like you're going to go get help from a friend, but like what what about the other point of view? Like what type of things would you tell someone? Because fears are kind of personal. They're not the same as like it's very different advice. They're very unique to deal with. So I just I was just wondering like how type like what would you guys do? Because I honestly have no idea. Like, what about you, uh, Roy? What would you say? Well, I, I'd say, like, the same thing that I do with you. Like, yeah, I, okay. Like, <laughs> right? Just kind of, like... That's very like that's very fair, man. Like, that's the best... Like, the best thing I could, like, you know, like, at the end of the day, like, just being a good friend. Like, at the yeah. end of the day, like, you don't have to say anything to them. Like, some people don't even like to hear, like, anything back from what, from what they're, like, telling you, right? Facts. Some people just want to, like, open up. And so, like really getting to know like your friends right and like i feel like that's something that a lot of people don't pay attention to because you know at the end of the day like oftentimes they're not like we're very selfish without realizing it and we don't like to like see what other people are like and like maybe what they sort of like need right and so you know really try to like get to know your friends and seeing like okay like you know i see the person that really likes advice or really likes to like you know like um hear like another perspective or see someone who just kind of like likes to like sp- like talk about their problems and kind of just like reflect as they're talking about their mm-hmm. problems and they kind of just come get to it off their back and kind of materialize yeah. it in front of them. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. And so like I feel like that's a that's a probably like the best thing you can do because you know if they ask you for that advice, right? And I feel like it all comes down to like the way that they go about it because you kind of have to let that person control it mm-hmm. because since they're the ones opening up to you, mm-hmm. um, you know, just being really understanding and just kind of being able to hear them out because that's what they want they just want a pair of ears that you know can listen to them making make sure that like you know they're they're really being listened to right they can feel that reassurance that you're really paying attention to their you know their problems and their fears and everything that they're opening up and 
you know, just kind of being able to like decide at that moment, okay, what is this person looking for? Like, um, you know, is this person like struggling with something that they need, like, you know, to be comforted about, like, you know, like, should I just be like a support beam or, you know, should I be um, someone who encourages them? Just, they just need to encourage them. They need that motivation. Um, you know, it's kind of just like, you have your options. The options are there. And it's just like a, a matter of fact, like a matter of like you identifying what that person needs um, and kind of just being able to provide that because um, when you really get to know those people around you, you'll be like a great ally to everyone. And I feel like that's what it's all about. And I feel like that's kind of like um, something that I try to do even within this club, right? I feel like that's the person that I want to be. I want to be someone who can really be an ally to anyone who really wishes to open up about those things and, you know, make it evident to them that it's really normal to, you know, be someone who has problems because we all have problems. And, Absolutely. you know, make them aware that there's people who actually do care about those problems that they have, right? And because at the end of the day, if that person's able to, you know, really see the importance of having someone who really listens to them and like pays attention to their problems, nine out of 10, they're gonna become someone who will do the same for other, for others, right? And so, you know, that's the type of like um, action that you wanna take as an individual, right? You wanna start that change in people and really make them people who can support others while still supporting themselves because, yeah. you know, it's really important to support yourself just as much as you support others, right? And you have to support yourself before you can support somebody else, right? And so, you know, really encouraging people to listen, um, you know, being open-minded about like everything that's brought forward. And at the end of the day, just be a good friend, right? That's literally something that I think is super important. Yeah, no, honestly, I don't think, I don't think I could have set up better myself, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the only thing I wanted to emphasize on was the um, kind of being the, the last part where, um, you know, being self-sufficient, being able to, um, like, you know, take care of yourself. I think that's a super, super important one. And when I come forward to or when my friends come forward to talk to me um, or, you know, I, I go and ask someone in there, you know, they they, they, they are OK with being vulnerable. Um, that that's something that I always make sure I do. I make sure that I'm. I don't make myself too much of a support system because in the end, as much as I want to, a lot of the time, I want them to be able to take care of these problems themselves because I'm not always going to be there, right? Because I have my own problems. Everyone has their own problems. No one can be there all the time for someone. Yeah. And that's something that I always keep in mind when I'm helping people is I need to make sure that I'm giving them constructive feedback and I, I'm helping them so that they can overcome these problems themselves and then be able to deal with them in the future more and more independently absolutely mm -hmm. because like you can't kind of just push someone if you're doing something that you can just push someone over it's something it's this process that takes a long time and at the end of the day it's they're, they're very personal so it's something that you have to kind of get over on your own mm -hmm. um and you can't really do it with anyone else and you really can't do it for someone else and at the end of the day if any like i personally feel that if you do hold someone's hand kind of yeah. through the process uh you're kind of taking a lot of it uh i don't i don't know if you satisfaction but you kind of take a lot of the satisfaction of like them overcoming it away because when I, like, overcome something tough on my own, I'm like, oh, I overcame it on my own. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know. Like, the way I, like, the way that I would put it, kind of, like, from, like, what you're saying, mm -hmm. it would be, like, you don't want to take that 
you know, experience of them overcoming their problems and feeling like the liberation yeah. from like, because I feel like there's nothing better exactly. than when you're able to overcome something that you couldn't, mm -hmm. right? And like, just really feeling that like, liberation. They say like, you know, I worked hard for this. Like, like I'm very proud of myself. And yeah. it's all thanks to like the tools that, you know, were provided to you by that, like by yeah. that person, because you want to provide those tools. You want to, you want to be able to provide yeah. the things that those people need in order to like overcome those fears. Because yeah. that's only gonna make them, you know, like better individuals, right? And, so and like what I'm, I'm not, I wasn't saying like I wasn't trying to say like oh don't help your friends if they come to you. No, not at all. Be there, be a good friend, like be there for them, be a support pillar, but don't like don't allow them, mm -hmm. don't make yourself a need for them because that you're harming them more than helping them by making yourself a need instead of like a support. exactly. What just to really simplify what I said earlier, mm -hmm. I want to be there as a support beam or kind of like a support system mm -hmm. but i don't mm -hmm. want to be a crutch yeah. i don't want to be something yeah. that they need to lean on and will fall over if i'm not there yeah because then they will never learn how to do it on their own like exactly yeah that's true. especially because when i'm not there it'll it'll hit them that much harder mm -hmm. well let's be honest how many people have you seen that they have like really over the like dependent friends who depend on them yeah and you know how how much of a constant cycle are they in, right, with that friend? Exactly. Where it's like I mean, they're I've, constantly I've been going in, back and forth. Yeah, I've been in that scenario myself. And it's really difficult because mm -hmm. you see how much, like, the, the reliance that they have on you. And then when you're not there, um, you know, you see you see how much it does affect them. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really difficult um, just seeing that person that needs you or uses you as a crutch or something mm -hmm. or, or, like, an emotional... Um, just, just honestly, just like a, a fear or a problem that they have and just the difficulties they go through when you're not able to kind of like be there for dialogue, whether you, mm -hmm. you know, you're at school or like just doing something, living your life, needing some time alone, focusing on your own problems, that sort of thing. And like, I'm going to be honest here. Uh, I was on, I was on the other side of, of, of a situation like this. I was the person, I was the over-dependent friend who like, yeah. We needed that crutch mm -hmm. and i'm not gonna lie like looking back at it like that experience yeah um was one of the biggest lessons i learned that's kind of like what taught me you need to be able to stand on your own two feet uh like on your own first because when i had that crutch taken away and at one point i did get get it taken away uh i kind of just realized how hard it was for me to like be able to support myself and be my own i kind of just lost it mm -hmm. and it's 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 horrible and that's why now i'm very careful that whenever i'm helping friends though i make sure they can do this on their own i make sure i'm not overstepping and that i'm just being there as support because another thing it does is it definitely it can drive a wedge between the person because like john luke said near the end sometimes it can get overwhelming for them some they have their own problems they have their own life they have their own fears and like stuff they're dealing with and when you're using them as a crutch you're throwing all of that on them and then that can lead you to even like losing them as a friend because they can't handle it anymore and then when you lose them, that crush goes, mm -hmm. and it's just a bad cycle. Well, the last thing you want is, you know, to like to lose someone because of a fear. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to lose those people close to you that really That's care really about you. Mm -hmm. And then so. you blame yourself for it because you're the one with the fear. Yeah. And then you lose that person, and then you know. And anxiety kicks in. In the end, exactly. You're not only you're not only dealing with that fear, but you're also dealing with losing someone yeah. too. Mm -hmm. So. Oh. Yeah. Oh. 
It's about right. Alright, boys. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, John Luke, yo, we gotta go to practice, man. Like, alright, let's get our shit. Yeah. No, we're gonna keep going after stuff, man. I gotta head to work, guys. So, I guess I'll catch you guys later. Alright, easy, boys. Sounds good. Easy, right, guys. See you guys easy. in school, bro. Easy, bro. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for coming along for the episode. We hope you enjoyed this installment of the boys' locker room, and we're looking forward to seeing you guys in the next episode. As always, if you guys have any feedback or questions about the podcast, feel free to reach us over at our website. It's a pleasure being part of the podcast team, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much.